Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me is underfunded and needs your help. If you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate or visit me on Patreon. Thanks. Um, may I ask you something? Mm-hmm. Have you seen dysregulation in any of your reading? Uh, I've read books about it, but I don't think through school yet. Okay. Because um, it's not an official diagnosis. Really? Yeah, it's just a symptom that we discuss. Hi, friends. It's Sarah May. And this is an episode, another episode with Dr. Sharon Flynn, PhD, who is on my um, therapy episode. So, yay. Hi, Sharon. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> it's nice to be back. So today I'm going to ask lots of questions about PTSD and trauma, because as I have heard, you are uh, you have done some training in this in particular. I've, I've done some training and quite a bit of work in this area. Excellent. Um, okay, so I'm just going to launch into my questions. So dysregulation, what is that? Uh, dysregulation is not an official diagnosis. Um, it's something that we use to describe a person who is dealing with feelings, otherwise known as affect, which feel unmanageable. So sometimes a person can feel really anxious or really sad or kind of swing back between the two. Um, and the dysregulation part is that it feels kind of extreme overwhelming, and the person is unable to bring it back down to normal. So it's kind of like a mental freakout, where you're like, ah, ah, oh my god, what's going on? Like, on high alert, sort of. <laughs> yes, that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> um, can, you, can you explain any, like, unique traits? Or, like, I can imagine if I was listening, I would be like, I don't know if I'm dysregulated, but I, when I'm freaked out, like, how do I tell if I'm dysregulated? So what, do you have any, like, I guess, unique facts or traits or anecdotes about that that you could help someone know if that's something that's happening to them? Um, I, I can try. I, um, so, you know, when you're having a really hard time, um, but in 15 minutes, you can bring yourself back down to normal um, and talk yourself out of things. You know, like you can say to yourself, everything's going to be fine. I'll be able to do this. I've done it before. Right. Just self-talk or behaviors. I'm going to take a walk. I'll go to yoga. All those things that just bring you back to your regular, mindful, um, perfectly balanced self. Right. When those, t- the, when those tools are pretty much out of reach and you're so overwhelmed with your affect or feelings that you are so anxious and you can't really leave the house or you can't really make a decision or you can't really think things through, 
to do what you need to do and to move forward and out of it, I would say that's dysregulation. So it's like a, a torturous thought process that's highly emotional that you can't stop. Very good. Yes, it's highly, it, torture is a good word for it. Doesn't and, feel good. <laughs> and what, so is that by nature just the, the result of some sort of trauma? Uh, it can be, but it can also just be the way a person is wired. It doesn't have to be related to trauma. I mean, specifically speaking about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and trauma, that is, it can be the result of the traumatic event because the brain has been rewired and reconfigured in such a way that that might be the go-to. Um, mm. If you're upset about something, you might go to that extreme point because of the event and the rewiring in your brain. So if it's not from trauma, it, it's just somebody's brain is formed where they're they're on high when they get upset. Yeah, yes, the brain could be formed that way, or maybe there wasn't a lot of skill building mm. in terms of how to manage yourself emotionally and how to self-regulate. Like your parents were like, stop crying. Yeah, exactly. So or you're like, I can't cry. <laughs> Instead of comforting, like, you're going to be okay. Oh, I'll give you a hug. But if you were upset after you came home from school, let's just say in grammar school, somebody beat you up on the, the yard. You could have, you could walk in the house and mom and dad could be like, oh, you know, man up or take it on the chin or what's your problem? Or somebody else could be like, oh, come sit down. Tell me what happened. Are you okay? And more comforting mm -hmm. to help a person get through it quicker um, and stabilize. So if someone is this way and they're now like, holy shit, that sounds like me. Would you be able to learn how to not, how to slowly train yourself out of being dysregulated? Absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things to do in this line of work. <laughs> it is. That's cool. So what would be, um, well, before I go into like the step-by-step -step process, what is happening in the brain? You said it's um, basically a trigger state or, or a, a heightened emotional state. Mm -hmm. Do you know what is actually happening in the brain when that happens? Um, I... I'm I'm not a scientist. Um, I'm not I'm not a brain researcher. But you can look at, and I've seen many MRIs. You can look at things online with uh, PTSD and just MRIs in general about the brain, where you can see sections of the brain light up that have been due to a trauma that are highly um, just highly lit up and highly. Uh, I guess, overutilized when something's happening. And then you can see in a normal brain, which has not been traumatized, what areas light up in the brain. Um, it's usually a smaller area in the brain. It's the, the amygdala, which is where our fear and flight or fight responses mm -hmm. are. Um, in, with PTSD, that's usually lit up and working in a huge, really highly overreactive way. Um, whereas most people when they get upset about something, that area is not lit up or in full gear. Mm -hmm. um, so there are changes, but with some skills, you can definitely learn how to manage these affect states or dysregulation. Okay. If you were suffering from this, what would, it, what would be the process like, even if it's like basic, dumbed down, what would be the process like in teaching somebody to overcome a state of dysregulation? 
Well, I think the first thing is to identify that's what the problem is, because so many people come in to me and say, I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't make a decision and really um, being hard on themselves because they haven't learned these skills. Because it is hard when you're dysregulated, either, you know, overly anxious or overly, overly depressed or overly upset about something, to really pull on resources that you don't have. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the first um, step is identifying that that's what's going on for you and that it's not part of a mood disorder. Because sometimes if you're really depressed or really anxious, um, say bipolar disorder, and you have mood swings that are um, driven by chemicals in the brain, something different from this, um, you, mu- you, which you should have that assessed properly because you do need to build skills with those kind of diagnostics or they, those diagnoses anyway. Um, but there can be a different approach. So if someone is suffering in particular from... Uh, we know that it is dysregulation. How would you ta- or how would you begin the process of teaching them how to manage it? I would first go over current coping skills. I would ask the my client about what they do if they're upset right now, what they do to um, to self soothe because that's a big one. Um, what tech What techniques do you use to um, manage yourself when you're feeling really upset. And usually, um, I hear that people don't have a lot of skills uh, with which to draw on. And that's not because it's anyone's fault or it's not a deficit. It's uh, just that so many people aren't taught these skills. I mean, they're pretty, they can be pretty simple skills. Like what's an tools. example? Um, well, breathing. Mm, like um, mindfulness kind of breathing exercises. Yeah, I mean, we forget to breathe when we're upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know we all remember the extreme of people getting a paper bag put over yeah. there, right, in a movie or something. Um, and that's an exaggeration for the most part, but it's a simple reminder that we need to breathe. And when we're anxious, we our um, heart rate and uh, rate of breathing increase, and we forget about that. And that's just the first thing that you can do to calm yourself down. Mm. So really basic. Really basic. And then, so when, let's say someone's learned like four or five different tools that they can use to calm themselves down, what would you say, this might be impossible to answer, what would you say is like the average amount of time that it takes to like actively, I don't know, change, I guess, train your brain out of the state? That's a, uh, I can think about that for a moment. It, I, I think the answer would be, uh, for me, um, as quickly or as long as it takes you for you to not only, I mean, understanding the skills is not the hard part, but actually utilizing the skills when you're having a difficult time, once you actually learn those and can apply it and feel like you're functioning mm-hmm. in a way that you're satisfied with, the, the difference is that if you're dysregulated, it usually interferes with your ability to function in a way that you want to in relationships or in life or in work or in any area. So once you learn some skills and understand what's behind it, um, then you are ready to go. Yeah. You know, there are, there are um, some therapies that are more cognitive um, and skill building instead of just traditional talk therapy. 
uh, something like dialectical behavior therapy or cognitive behavior therapy. Have you mm-hmm. heard of those? Yes, and I love CBT. I, I, I do feel like, at least personally, the, it's, it's totally as soon as it's worked once. As soon as it's like actually been something you practice and you've seen a result that isn't the same thing as you've seen every single time. Like you've been like, holy fuck, I don't know, it's not going to work, and I'm going to die. And then like you keep trying anyway, and then you're like, I'm okay. I made it. I made it through the... Ah. Like it's, all it takes is just seeing it once, and then you have enough faith to just keep trying and keep applying it. And I, I personally had the experience where after that first time, it was like you're just, you know... You're, you've already crested the hill and you're, you have so much speed and you just have to keep running. And then it gets way easier. And after, I would say, a month, I felt dramatically different. Like, I had finally understood my own power to the point where I could use the tool. Whether or not it was like, you know, the dysregulation was happening, I could definitely use the tool and know and trust that it was going to do something about it. I think that totally is the biggest, most essential part of... Um, using a tool is seeing that first time when you're like, oh, I do see that it's going to work. Changes everything. I mean... Well, what you're, uh, what you're actually talking about, I think, Sarah, is, I mean, this is where the brain research comes in and supports what you're, your experience and what you're saying, that once you start to use these skills, you are actually retraining your brain, and I'm sure most people have heard of neuroplasticity at this point, even if you don't know what it means. Um, but it, it means essentially that we can, re, we, we can rewire our brains. So something like skill building and using a different path um, instead of remaining anxious over and over and over again, if you do something different, will actually start to change the circuitry in the brain, which is fascinating. Totally. And it makes me also think of, uh, my, um, what do you call it, uh, blah, 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 OCD. Like, I think of the same, you know, OCD is reaffirmed by ritual, or, or sorry, like the, uh, what's the word? When you, when you do something to accommodate the, the thought, when you actually enact a compulsion, it makes it a thousand times stronger. And I feel like just the act of changing your behavior, it just weakens even if your brain is not agreeing with you, when you change your behavior, it like weakens that just interaction in your life. Like, I am going to walk out of the door and go on a hike, even though I'm freaking out. Like, it changes the way that thing controls you just because you've proven it to yourself um, by not acting on it. Like, such a cool thing. I digress. Um, but not really. <laughs> because I mean that's what you're saying. You're saying you're retraining your brain. Yeah. By doing something different. Yeah, and it's that simple. It's like you don't even have to agree with yourself. Exactly. You can just do it anyway. And like things will change in your body. It's amazing. Um so what would you tell somebody who is suffering from dysregulation currently? And let's say let's say it's not just from trauma, let's say it's from a life of having difficulty managing um, and maybe this person's tried help to get help for it before, or they've tried meds before, or they don't like yoga or, you know, let's say they've, they've tried a bunch of different things and they're now suffering from this thing and it, and they can't get a handle on it. What would you, what steps would you tell them to take? 
I think especially given the fact that you're saying the other that the person that's coming in to see me has tried other options um has tried other options I would definitely not repeat them I might do a little um background you know if I might collect some background data to see if there's anything that may have been missed um in their lifetime that could be affecting their current dysregulation but with someone like this I would start with skill building manuals mm. one of my favorite is um dialectical behavior therapy DBT uh, which is, it comes with a manual and the, the, each sheet that you can use as a tear out for yourself um, has a skill set on it. And then you are, are supposed to learn the skill set and they're pretty simple. Um, and then the difficult part is learning how to use them and to utilize them when you're feeling um, dysregulated. And then I know you said you like CBT. I mm -hmm. imagine it's the same kind. What is it that you like about I just I like that it's it's it feels very much like it's tailored to individuals. Like, you know, you'll have a, a worksheet page where it's like, um, when you're having really overwhelming negative anxious thoughts, what, uh, like, here are so, a list of like 300 possible solutions or actions you could take to soothe yourself, and it's like weird. You know, it'll be like take a bath and listen to an 80s romance song, or like it'll it's for anybody. It's you can think of a solution that's perfect for you. For me, it's stuff like hiking or, you know, and, and I think it's like a fine tuning process. Everybody will have to try, like, think about what they like and try a bunch of stuff. And if it's not, you know, if you hate yoga, then that will not be a part of your solution. It might be like running as fast as you can on a treadmill, blasting 80s punk. Like, it could be that. It could be listed in your, like, manual for yourself. I, I love that that is, it's such a customized format of, um, you know, Healthy medicine, yes. Well, I think that's what really interesting what you're saying versus what I'm talking about. Dialectical behavior therapy is more of a manual, um, and you're talking about creating your own skill set and what works for you, and I think that's a brilliant idea. Um, the CBT manual I have is like that. It's like you can fill in, you know, it has like a list of suggested things, but then it also has like space for you to fill in like, you know, what are five other things that I would do? DBT and CBT, um, and the manual that you're talking about, um, that sounds great because it also sounds like you can be pretty creative with it. Mm -hmm. um, if you're, if someone's so overwhelmed and can't even think about that, um, I might start with a manual that's just more step by step, which the DBT manual is. Um, you can actually, there's a download, you can, there's an app for that now, oh, cool. which is kind of cool. So you can just have that on your phone and use it when you need it. Um, and I'm no no way affiliated with any of this, <laughs> not at all. My friend and I talked about how cool it would be to have like a service where you could have like you know how they have um, Uber or <laughs> like if you could call somebody or text some service and they would come and like hang out with you and just like make sure you like you know got out of the house or whatever like a house I forgot what we were like let's call it like a house mom or something. You're like, help, I'm freaking out. And they'd be like, all right, let's go hike it. Like a bestie that you could call. Or come them. sit with me. Yeah. That's actually, that's a great idea. And you're actually describing what is missing. Um, that if, you know, everybody had good enough parenting, and I'm in no way blaming this on your parents. I don't mean it this that way. But if you did, ideally, you would have had someone sit with you through every, you know, every 
different feeling state, not even dysregulated feelings, but just through every experience and sat there and talked you through it and helped you calm down or helped you change your mood by dancing mm -hmm. or singing or playing a piano, whatever, or taking a walk, you would probably not need that buddy, but I love that idea. Most people need to know about themselves is they don't realize like when they're having those freakouts or when they do something that doesn't make sense to them. For example, like if you're extremely jealous and when somebody talks about past lovers, it like drives you insane and makes you feel like you're going crazy and then you feel like you can't hang out with them because you're like so threatened by it. That's like a, a form of dysregulation that's so confusing that you might think I'm just a really jealous person. And I, and like you would not know to go to a therapist or you wouldn't know that like maybe there was something your parents did to you that made you in intolerable or sorry intolerant to feelings of um vulnerability for example like and i think so many people have those types of of baggage from their parents like parents that were either you know incapable because of their own shit or or they were too busy or they were uh dis exhausted depressed or whatever who who made them feel like they couldn't have these feelings and those ramifications as an adult are so baffling that you just assume it's just who you are so i think like that dis first description is so valuable if anybody you know is listening and they're like i have sort of panicky feelings that i can't really talk myself out of maybe it's because you're suffering from dysregulation um so, and, okay. and there's just no need to suffer. It's, I, I, I see that as suffering. Um, it feels like suffering to me, and there are ways to get out of it. And um, asking someone to help you with it is probably a great start. Totally. I know, like, hire, like, you're not going to trim your own trees. Maybe you will. <laughs> but, like, you hire a person to do the things that you're not good at. Therefore, why not hire a therapist? Any last words of inspiration or hope um, you can change you will get through this and you can change it and feel a lot better yay hope you enjoyed this and if you did please share it and don't forget to smile the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.